Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello and welcome to the Home Business Podcast. My name is Phil. Joining me as usual, I've got Rohan. Good morning. Hey, morning. Hey. All right. As usual, this episode of the Home Business Podcast is sponsored by Home Business Cloud by Nabucasa. Easily access your local Home Assistant instance remotely for a small monthly fee that supports the Home Assistant and the ESP Home projects. Configuration is done via the user interface, so no fiddling with router settings, SSL certificates, or any of that pesky YAML. Okay, Rohan, um, 2023.2, I keep writing 2022.3 because I know. I'm not used to writing 2023 yet, um, but 2023.2, the Feb release is here. Um, so this is the first, like, everyone's back from holidays, let's, you know, uh, get back into the swing of things. Yeah, um, well, kind how- of. I mean, there was a dot one release this time around, mm. right? So it was, uh, I feel like the... The home assistant team didn't really get much of a break. Usually, they take the they take January um, to not give mm. out a release, right? So typically, the Feb release is massive. Uh, this one is massive anyway, uh, but so, this one still is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting and and it's funny. Again, we talk about like you know the home assistant by Nebuchadnezzar. So we start with that, but um, I don't know some of the, some of the things are really interesting this time around, and and I don't know for me at least, I feel like okay, you know the the monthly spend is gone towards actually something really really cool um and i I guess let's jump into it so if you haven't seen the assistant um check out the ear of the voice chapter one uh live stream so last year essentially the the team did a the the home assistant team did a ear of the voice kind of like as part of their i forget what they call it now the new state of the union Mm. uh I, i guess show that they usually put on right so they now talked about how 2023 is going to be year of the voice and lo and behold, 2023.2 has shipped. So it's basically been a month into 2023 and we've now gotten um, a first 
look at what they want to do with voice. And it's pretty cool. Um, so it ships with a new assistant that's kind of in your top right of your nav bar. And then from there, it can basically take commands. Like I can say like, hey, turn off the light or turn off the office light, whatever whatever that might be. And it, it's really pulling in the intent and um, doing a lot of interesting things with that. Again, it's a very initial release of that. Um, you know, it, it's I think it's also kind of unfair in a month to expect a full blown product, whatever, Absolutely. right? And this yeah. is yeah, this is this is their first attempt into it, um, and and so far it looks pretty cool. Definitely check out the video. Um, they did a live stream around this, um, but you can also switch out the assistant provider. So if you remember last release, I think it was last release, maybe the maybe yeah, it was the just the January release, release just came out. Yeah, we we talked about the Google Assistant SDK, right? And we talked about how that's a little different than the actual Google Assistant integration. Um, stuff like that. And uh, essentially, you can now leverage that to say, okay, now now Google is actually processing uh, processing that, right? Um, from from the voice provider perspective. And then same thing with uh, with OpenAI, who's, you know, it's the same company as, as chat GPT. Um, if, uh, if you haven't heard the craze around it, just, just Google it. It's everywhere. It's on, it's on, you can't be on the internet and hear about chat BT. Like it's everywhere. Yeah. Literally maybe it's targeted, but like, even on like Instagram, I'm getting like, Hey, here's this thing I did with chat GPT. Right. And, uh, and even at work, we've got, I've got a lot of, uh, colleagues just, just messing around with it and stuff like that. Uh, pretty cool platform. So it's not using, the chat GPT, I think that's like their beta, like 3.5 or something like that, um, whereas they're using version 3, uh, which is the, the release version. Um, and also now there's there's you can start pulling it into Android Wear, into Siri, and use shortcuts there. Uh, there's a lot of really cool things. So definitely check out that um, that that the video that chapter they've put one. out there. Yeah, the chapter one video. Um, it's super cool. Phil, what are your thoughts? I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear. So this is a great, like, I wasn't expecting, you know, Feb to roll around. You're, you know, second month in, you're mm-hmm. the voice and bam, you know, we've got voice assistants, you know, everywhere. Home assistant you know, has all these capabilities. Totally not yeah. expecting that, right? In fact, what we have today, I wasn't expecting to get till maybe... April, May sort of timeline, you know, um, especially if we've only just started in January. Um, so, yeah, this is a cool – so it's the first stepping stone. And I think we've got a uh, – in the last release, there was a call out for everyone. Um, if you speak other languages at home, you know, uh, go on to the Home Assistant uh, GitHub and put in um, some of your uh, intents or the way you structure your sentences so that we can build up a massive repository. Yeah. I think we now, I, th- I can't remember from the creative call we had the other day, Rohan, I think it was 23 it's languages. 23 languages, yeah. Yeah, that number Something seems like that. to ring a bell. Um, that it's, have Either that or it's just an arbitrary number we're just, yeah, pulling, we're just pulling out. out but right? it's, it's in the 20s, though. It, it's just pretty good. Cool. Let's say 23, 25, whatever. Absolutely, yeah. 20. That's still really good. Like, even like 70 that aren't even like to, you know, that standard as well. So there's the 20 main ones that have been fleshed out. So um, Correct. That's yes, that's amazing. Um, so I think my thoughts are so this replaces the old uh conversation feature that was in Home yeah. Assistant. If you ever use that, it used to be a little um microphone that you could have up in the corner, I believe, um, on some uh devices. So this replaces that, it's now replaced with a text box. Um, and it does a lot of this is done, I think it's all locally, 
um, through Home Assistant. So just typing out the commands, you know, turn off this device, turn on this device. Um, yeah, I think it, it's fantastic. The It is limited to, I think, just turning off and on and some colors. Um, but I think, as I said, like for a very first version, getting that text commands into actually being actionable in Home Assistant yeah. is yeah. is great. Um, yeah, again, it's a first. It's a first cut into it, right? So yeah. it's an amazing start. Uh, moving forward, I think, and this is what I'm excited for the rest of this year. I think we're going to see um, slowly phases moving towards. I think uh, Abacasa sort of like ruled out creating their own, you know, voice activated microphone device for the moment, which I think is fair. Um, so in order to get voice into uh, home assistant they're going to try and leverage things like your amazon echo speakers google home um your phone yep yeah. yep ios android um all those devices have you know these big tech companies have spent you know squillions of dollars perfecting you know isolating voice in the home um we now just need to be able to borrow what they use with their apis or whatever um to get that text into home assistant and then we can then process that text locally mm-hmm. um it should hopefully be a bit faster as well but i mean with that said esp home is also rapidly improving so i i'd love to yeah. see you know what what comes out of that hat right like in terms of like hey here's this cool omni or like multi-directional five dollar mic chip that you stick into the esp and you know bam here you go you got your own amazon echo right yeah. like that kind of thing. Uh, it'd be cool to see what comes out of that too. Um, I'm I'm excited to see that. Um, I don't know. What What are your thoughts? Would you Would you Phil? Would you make your own uh, voice assistant if if it was easy enough to, or would you still stick to you know an Amazon Echo or mm, or something like tough. that? So I really like the Amazon Echo in terms of being able to ask at things like the weather, set alarms, set timers. Um, those but I mean, things, if you bring all of that into Home Assistant, I mean, maybe, maybe yeah. like at the moment, I don't think that's Home Assistant's focus, and that's no. fair enough, right? They want to focus yeah, on yeah, yeah. let's just concentrate on controlling the smart home, right? And those totally. things, you know, like I rarely ask the Echo for things like you know, uh, who is the first president of the United States, right? Like I would never ask like, trivia questions, for example. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and I don't want my, I don't need that in a, a smart assistant, but I do want you know, mm-hmm. time. Uh, like weather timers, would I build my own device? It would come down to the quality of how accurate that voice assistant is. Um, I've experimented with local voice. Um, for those that you know may have followed my blog, I my first foray before Home Assistant uh, was a Kickstarter project that used the Microsoft Xbox Connect voice bars to do local processing of voice. Um, Unfortunately, like it's my experience back then was hit or miss, right? It's still, yeah, uh, you say things in it completely, like even what you would sometimes get today with the Mm -hmm. smart speakers, right? It's just, hey, turn on this light and it does something completely random or doesn't listen or doesn't hear you. half the time. So as long as I would, if I could maintain the level of quality I had, like if I knew you had like 99% of the time, I, when I talk to something, it does what I want it to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I'll go completely local, but um, the cost of that being run locally, I'm not sure is available just yet. Like it might be too expensive to run yeah. on, a, on a home hardware. 
What about yourself? I think I think I would. It would definitely be a back burner project for me, just because again, it's it's you make fun of me every week, anyways, Phil. Um, yep. for for all the projects I take on that I don't do, <laughs> but but I think if I were to do it, it would be a experiment in how good is it. Um, yep. it'd be more just curiosity. But I, I I think I agree with you. Like I still, as much as I'm, I don't like having cloud connected things. Hmm. Right. I mean, if my internet goes out, as an example, the Amazon Echo is effectively useless. Yeah. Uh, not effectively. It's it's actually absolutely useless. There's just nothing it can do. Um, and and I don't it's know. It's probably worse for you because it's like, as soon as you, even if it thinks you've said the word, it'll go, sorry, the internet's not working yeah, and yeah. wake you up in the middle of the night. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, again, that's the side of the cloud connected devices that I struggle with. Um, and obviously the tomorrow they can turn around and say, Hey, you know, Amazon or Google or Apple, whoever it is can turn around and say, Hey, you know what, this actually isn't what we want to get into and Mm. and kill it. Right. Um, and, and we know how, like, even, especially with Google, a lot of things are perpetually beta. Um, even, even when they rip the beta tag off, we know kind of exactly what they do with certain things. Um, yeah, I'd love to try it. Again, would I would I use that as a replacement if it really, really, really wowed me? Maybe, um, but yeah, it'd be. I don't, I don't think it'd be a hard sell, but I, I think I think it would be a bit of a sell um, for me internally. I think also how the home misses and voice works for me is going to be how of an income, how much of an inconvenience it would be to use another third party library mm-hmm. to like I saw. Oh, I, I remember there was a. We saw a demo of the Siri like shortcuts. Um, you know, you have to always you yep. have to ask to speak to Home Assistant first, um, and then I think Google Assistant was some had something similar back in the early days. Um, so you know, if you have to, the idea is I would just want to be able to yell at something to turn off a light. You know, like to get to Star Trek, right? You know, computer yeah. turn off the lights, right? Yeah. Sorry yeah. if your Amazon Echo is set to computer, that's <laughs> yeah. your wake word. Um, but. That sort of, you know, the ease that I would like, and I don't just want it for myself. I, you know, it's for other people in not my home as well that are already used to the little lady in the Amazon Echo. Um, I think, yeah, I would, I would want it to be as easy to speak to as her right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe we'll get there. Mm. Oh, I'm certainly hope though. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to see essentially this box here, which is my my Echo. Yep. fully local, fully programmable, like stick a ESP or, or whatever in there. Yep. Right. Um, and yeah, have, let me have control over it. Plus give me all of the benefits of the accuracy, if you want to call it right. I Custom mean, sometimes, sometimes these alone boxes are... would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Get right. away from the, the, uh, A-L-E-X-A word. Mm-hmm. Right, so. All right. And brand names. Like, I don't want to have to yell out a brand name just to talk to something, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds especially silly. All right, cool. Um, so that's the Year of the Voice update, Chapter 1. Uh, now we've got some other cool stuff that's landed in the uh, 2023.2 release. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got streaming graphs. Um, so if you are used to opening up a more info panel in Home Assistant, so you might have light sensors, temperature sensors that will have, uh, you know, the history of what they were, they would just be static. And, you know, you could go back half an hour later and you'd have to open up the dialogue again to see the latest data. Mm -hmm. Well, those graphs are now updating in real time. So, yeah, that's a 
fantastic update. I think it's like just one of those little things, right? Just constantly streaming updates. Uh, now, here's something interesting. Apparently, there was a an issue on iOS devices uh, that was caused by the graphs not uh, needing to update when they were opening or something like that that was causing authentication issues. Because the new graphs are here and they're streaming, uh, somehow it's fixed that iOS authentication issue. So definitely if you've been experiencing that on iOS, upgrade to this release. These new graphs will hopefully fix those authentication issues for you. Um, there's some breaking changes that will come uh, that we'll talk about soon um, in terms of recording and all that. But yeah, I um, streaming graphs, I, I, I'm really digging it. Like open up, see live data. It's cool. Yeah, it's there's a really interesting side effects of that too, right? Like where um, it actually changes how, I guess under the covers, it actually changes the um, how it writes to the database and things like that. So um, Paulus was actually talking on the creators call about this, about how essentially it's instead of it now writing every second to your database, it's now writing every five, right? And, mm. then, and then meanwhile, the data is being streamed to your device if you're looking at it, right? Yep. Um, so that's how you get that real-time data, but without it taking a hit. But the cool thing here now is, as we do that, for those of you that are still on SD cards on like a Raspberry Pi or something like that, again, there's a the, the home assistant has come quite a long way. Where you know maybe your your SD card's not dying every six months now because of the amount of writes it's getting. Um, but this kind of stuff is what kind of helps it, right? So I'm doing five x less writes if I'm going from one second every uh, mm. for a write to five seconds. So it's actually more, quite a bit more efficient um, in that sense too, right? So it's not only just a visual, like a, hey, cool, I get streaming graphs, right? Obviously, which is a pretty neat uh, feature. But on top of that, it, it there's actually a performance improvement on that. And it doesn't matter if you're using uh, what what uh, what database you're using behind it, if you're using just like the... Desperate uh, Light, Mario Light or yeah. yeah, exactly. Or you use a MySQL, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It, it It's kind of... A, a process thing, right? So it's affecting all of those. So nice. All right. Sensor groups. So if you remember, there was like the min max sensors, uh, so on and so forth. This is a new type of sensor that can bring a bunch of sensors together. So for example, let's say you right now you want to get the average of your average temperature of your home. You could leverage this sensor and basically under this sensor, you're going to say, okay, I have my kitchen, I've got my basement, I've got whatever it is, right? My office, all those rooms, bring it together and then it can actually do the average. Um, and the nice thing you can do there too, is you can also, um, there, there's a toggle you can where you can ignore some devices if in case you're like, let's say the, the device is a non-zero number or non, non-numeric number. Right. So, for example, your state goes to unknown or something like that. It can be ignored. And then and then that way it's not calculated as part of the thing. Otherwise, what happens is, you know, one device, you lose battery and then now your entire house average is unknown. Yeah. So it can selectively just pull out those values as they go into a non-numeric state. So, I remember when the the recent update to the sensors came out, I think they all moved to the UI where you could like add mm -hmm. multiple sensors as part of a group. I was like, finally, you're going to do all this. And what I was really missing was that average uh, yeah. capability, right? Um, I, I think I ended up creating a template sensor for it. But yeah, being able to, that's another template I can now remove from my uh, system now because I can just combine all my temperature sensors for inside the house. Um, and I think there's a mean or an average I can then use and 
where we go. Yeah. And, and, and again, this is more than just average, right? Um, mm. So even things like min max, um, stuff like that, uh, summation, whatever it is, um, it's kind of going to this. So again, if you are using the min max today, it might be interesting to move to this one. Um, might be kind of cool. Speaking of sensors, and this is something that I've had to use templates again for, um, you can now change the precision of sensors from within the UI of Home Assistant. So if you've got a random sensor, which rounds to something crazy like 11 decimal places, like a power sensor or something, you can now change how precise that sensor is. So previously you would need a template sensor um, to do that. And if you use like a round to this precision, um, but yeah, now you do it straight in the UI against its uh, settings. The good thing about doing it this way, though, is because you're not creating a new entity value. So when you did a template, you'd then create a new entity, and then you'd have you know two versions of the same value. Mm. You're actually changing the uh, value everywhere in Home Assistant. So if something that was you know rounding to eleven decimal places, you say right now we're in the ground to two. That means all your automations and all the data that's recorded in the recorder for your history and stats will then be rounded to two decimal places. Yeah. So that's very handy. And and again, it it's throughout the system, right? So it's mm. not just a visual thing. It's actually even recorded in that sense. So it's important yep. to know. Um, ESP Home. So there's some cool stuff happening here. So if you've ever used the ESP Home dashboard, um, that's now integrating a little closer with Home Assistant. Now, what that means is you, for example, you use the ESP Home add-on, uh, the ESP Home dashboard add-on in that sense, uh, in a supervised install. Um, so while you do that, you can, you know, traditionally you can go in, it's in the sidebar, you can open it up and, and do whatever ESP Home tasks. It's still a completely separate operation to bring it into Home Assistant. Um, you got to type in the encryption key, you got to, or copy paste the encryption key, whatever it is. Uh, you got to do all that. What's happening now is behind the covers because supervisor knows about the uh, ESP home container that's running. The supervisor, le leveraging that supervisor, it's actually able to say, hey, let's take home assistant, let's take ESP home, bring them together. So for example, you don't need to copy paste your encryption keys anymore. They're just there, right? Um, and, and from a updating perspective, there's also in home assistant, you can just go in and just say, hey, update my ESP Home, and it'll go in and update ESP Home. Um, so there's some really, really neat things there that are coming. Um, but also on that note too, it's important to know, API keys are being deprecated. Um, it's, uh, or the API password, whatever whatever they called mm -hmm. it before, um, that's going away. It is moving uh, in favor of the encryption keys, which is actually a good thing, because the API, it's all of that communication between the ESP and uh and Home Assistant are used to still be plain text. Now it's actually properly encrypted. Um, so you want that. But nice thing is now you don't even need to, so again, if, if you're on the supervised version, you don't even need to know the, or look at the encryption key or anything like that. It just gets sucked into Home Assistant and off you go. Um, so it's just reducing friction there too, which yeah, I'm a big fan of. Hey everyone. I just wanted to take a minute to talk about the Eufy Video Lock. It's a smart lock that's really easy to set up with just a Phillips screwdriver and no extra drilling. It's got a keyless entry, so you don't need to worry about fumbling with the keys when your hands are full. Also, you don't need to worry about handing out extra keys when you're in a pinch, your kids losing them, or people copying the key and passing it around to each other. Something else I like about the Eufy Video Lock is that it has a camera built in and it works as a doorbell as well. Personally, I think the Eufy video lock is great for apartments or cottages where you can't necessarily add extra holes for a video doorbell. 
My favorite part about it though, is that there isn't a monthly fee and your recordings are locally stored. So you don't have to worry about someone else owning your doorbell data. You can find it on Amazon, or if you want to know more, search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. I like how it's all done for a user. So now, like, assuming that you were to start with ESP Home today, like as a fresh install, all this yeah. encryption stuff would be taken care for yeah. you. Like, it just happens in the background, right? So it's secure by design um, with little to no interaction by a user. So I think that's fantastic. Just... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. So. Mm. All right, uh, rear link cameras. Um, so they now have binary sensors. So, you know, when a camera has detected, for example, if it's got um, a human in the frame, it will now have a binary sensor for that. Also, the doorbells now have, um, like, this. if someone's pressed the doorbell on a rear link camera, um, it will now have a binary sensor. So good to see some more sensors coming out from that integration. Uh, automating calendar events. So that's actually something that uh, I think it was brought up on one of the streams or something like that. And, and uh, one of the live streams that the home citizen group does. Uh, and somebody was like, Hey, I, th- I wish we could automate, like use an automation to update calendar events. So yep. for example, uh, I want to know when my alarm went off, like put an entry in the calendar, what, whatever that might look like um, where, you know, great. You could do that now. Or if you have like a grocery integration, Maybe you can say, hey, you know what? If my grocery list grows over mm, 10 items, guys. Yeah. like put it in the calendar saying, hey, go <laughs> go do groceries, right? Whatever that is. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, because I guess home assistant, you know, knows so much, right? Like it knows what your alarms are, you know, what time you're going to wake up, uh, what battery levels yeah. are, you know, put some time in your calendar to go around and fix those totally. things that need battery replacing. Yeah, that's cool. Totally. It's, uh, it's, it's actually, it's funny. I'm, I'm really glad home assistant is a local locally hosted like, like kind of application. <laughs> it knows way too much about our lives where yeah. if that data is being mined, it, it, it's a bad thing, right? I mean, like it knows exactly where I am at all times. I mean, not that Google and stuff don't really, right. Yeah. Or I guess Apple in my case, whatever, but it's, uh, yeah, it knows a lot about our patterns, what time we go to bed, what time, like... What lights you turn off before you go to bed and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that it's local. <laughs> cool. All right, time for some new integrations. Um, it's actually quite a few that have come out in this release. So mm-hmm. Energy Zero, it retrieves a dynamic hourly energy and gas prices from the Dutch utility company. So that's cool. There you go. Uh, Eufy Life. Uh, so if you use Eufy Smart Scales, which are Bluetooth, mm. that now comes in as well. So assumably through the Bluetooth proxy. I was going to say, yeah. I'm still going to see I a lot the more. Proxy. Just, oh, just... I have. I always thought like Bluetooth is dead, right? Like it's the worst uh, protocol yeah. you could have for. I still, smart I still stand gadget. by that. I still hate Bluetooth, but yeah. Bluetooth proxy makes it less painful. Like the Bluetooth proxy is a game changer uh, yeah. for the smart home. I can't believe it's taken this long for someone to come up with it. Like mm-hmm. essentially, right? Like it's, I think we're going to see a lot more. We started, you know, since the Bluetooth proxies came out last year, we saw like a, an influx of Bluetooth devices. I think this year is probably going to be not only the year of the voice, but year of the Bluetooth smart home device coming into home resistant. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping people move away from Bluetooth and onto things like matter. Mm. Um but yeah, I'd lo- I'd love to see 
again, all all the stuff that we already have that's Bluetooth coming into proxy. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's a couple more in here, so let's uh, let's jump into them. So um, everything but the kitchen sink. Now I'm going to just raise this one because I think it's going to come in as a a an integration somewhere in the docs and building like, what is that um it's a test integration um mm-hmm. so they're using it to do like various entities um and ob- obscure ends they're defining it as um so yeah if you're a developer on home assistant and you need to test you know like how covers lights and all that like may interact in home assistant this is the integration for you yeah. don't activate this integration if you're expecting something else right like if you get yeah. developers only. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, you can use it if you want, but uh, on one of the screenshots, you can actually catch it there. It's uh, which is where which is where I asked the team, like, what <laughs> what what sensor do you have that has a hundred dogs? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and and that's that's where that's where we found out that that's the everything but the kitchen sink uh, integration there, which just kind of gives fills out data. It looks nice, mm. whatever, right? So if you're if you're I guess if you're trying to show it off to somebody, if you're trying to sell somebody on home assistant, be like, or or show, you know, again, even if you're if you're a creator, if you're trying to do things like a YouTube channel or a blog post and stuff like that, and you have a dummy instance, uh, that might be a cool one to use there. Um, Google Mail, so I guess also known as Gmail, um, provides services <laughs> to uh, Google Mail uh, auto response. And uh, that way you can get uh, notified service uh, for drafts and emails and stuff like that too. Um, or like to send emails rather. Mm. So um, that's kind of neat. Okay. So you can use my Gmail account to send an email but instead of needing to use SMTP. That's okay. I like yeah, the ability yeah, to true. draft an email though. That's cool. Like add a draft message. Yeah, I know a lot of people that use um, drafts as essentially to-do lists, right? Mm. So they'll just open a draft and say, okay, I need to go get groceries today or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess kind of handy. The auto response, um, I'm guessing I haven't, I'm a bit iffy about linking that up to my email, but I'm assuming that that would allow you to change like, okay, I'm on holiday, so turn my auto responder on. That would be cool, like from a calendar That's perspective, cool. right? Like, okay, yeah, I'm on, on vacation mode. Or yeah, whatever. I'm on like Google. Our missus knows that I'm on holiday from this date. So as soon as I go on holiday, then it logs into my Gmail and activates the vacation responder. Like that's that's a good use case. Yeah. All right. LD2410BLE. If you don't know what that right is, I'll tell you what it is. It is a Bluetooth MM wave sensor. Um, so if you've listened to my rants about the Xiaomi FP1 um, sensor, it's very similar. It's a tiny, very tiny Bluetooth board um, that has an MM wave sensor on it. Um, mm-hmm. And Home Miss doesn't have, I think, yeah, they've enabled it with their Bluetooth proxies. So, um, Fantastic. I think it's like Paul has sent me a link the other day. It's like five Australian dollars on AliExpress for this little thing. Cheap as chips. Um, does require soldering and, you know, a board to put it all into. Um, but yeah, fantastic. Uh, if you're you can, to get it, into it's cool because you can now make your own. Yeah. Mm. You can make your own presence sensors. And with Bluetooth proxy support. So even yeah, better. Yeah, it's there. Mapeka? Mapeka? Mapeka. I'm going to say Mapeka. Mapeka. I, like <laughs> I don't know. Uh, now you can monitor your BLE uh, propane tank, which is actually kind of cool. Like, part of me actually wants to look into this because in the summer I hate going. I know there's tricks. It's like, oh, you pour 
what is it? Hot water, cold water? I don't know. Yeah. I do it every time. You pour water in your tank and wherever it like kind of slows down, that's where the propane level is. And uh, on my on my main tank, because we have a fire pit outside and, and the barbecue, mm. but uh, on the barbecue tank, we have uh, just one of those meters too. I'd love to bring that into Home Assistant. Like, but I also don't want to spend like $30 on this. So Is it so 30 Is it that, like $30? Is that, well, that seems pretty cheap to me. But is it for things I like the barbecue? I don't know how much it is. Or is yeah. it like for, because there are some like uh, whole house propane like tanks, right? Um, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So maybe. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why I didn't think of that. My my brain immediately went to food. So yeah. uh, Well, no, here you go. I'm, I'm on their website now. So they have yeah, uh, RV, barbecue. Um, yeah. So it's like the barbecue uh, gas bottle there. So yeah. Um, I mean, it's They're seventy sure US dollars, like seven zero US dollars, seven yeah seven zero US dollars. Um, I'm in Australia, so I doubt they're going to ship to me, but I would be pretty interested on that, like if I can get that. Yeah, seventy dollars though. I don't know. It's a it's a little steep for me to just peak, right? Like because I have a I think like a four dollar gauge that just tells me what it is. Yeah, but the last thing it doesn't tell you how much is in there though, like. It doesn't give me an exact amount, but if it's, I don't know, I've got the green, re- yellow, red kind of view. Oh, yeah, I've got right? the same, the same it's, one, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it was like, I don't know, like three, four bucks at Home Depot. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you've got to push it but, down to like start the flow. Otherwise, yeah, I know what you, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I would say like, I'd like to have like, oh, okay. Because for me, I'm like, all right, I'm going to, like, I run out of gas, right? And then I go, okay, now I have to go and fix it. Like, I'd rather know, all right, I'm at 10%. I'll just, you know, go and get a spare one to swap over. Yeah. So I'm, I'm prepared, right? But, I mean, for, for again, I know I know people in the country that have, you know, giant propane tanks and, and mm-hmm. require that. Like, like it's, it's you know, whether it's for heating or whether it's for whatever you're using it for. Um, yep. I know a lot of farms have a requirement for that, too. Great use case, right? Mm-hmm. I just think for my for my barbecue, that's a little steep. <laughs> uh, um, Open AI conversation is a new integration that's been added in. We talked about this mm-hmm. briefly as part of the Hear the Voice. So, Open AI uh, is the company that's created ChatGPT. So there is now an integration. When you activate that integration, the conversation system in Home Assistant will switch from using Home Assistant's internal uh, intent conversation engine to then using the open AI conversation engine, uh, just in case you're after a bit more accuracy or, you know, if you want to ask some more questions. Uh, read your meter, pro. Um, if you're... Glad it's the pro version. Used, that's right. If you um, leverage that to pull in water usage, uh, meter readings, things like that uh, from, from your read your meter pro account, um, yeah, you can now bring that into home system. So there's... Yeah. And the Ruby Gateway, if you have a Ruby Gateway, uh, you can now read your Ruby sensors in Home Assistant. So I love some of these names. Just, it's yeah. just it's <laughs> R W V I Ruby. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, R U U V I. Yeah. Um SFR box. <laughs> um if if you've got an SFR broadband router, uh yeah, you can bring that in now. Look at some stats probably. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And if you're still a fan of Elon Musk after his takeover of Twitter, uh, Starlink is a satellite internet constellation operated by SpaceX. Uh, 
and you can now integrate your Starlink dish with Home Assistant. So, see, that's actually handy, right? Like, it's, mm. again, I, I'm hoping it can bring in things like again. I don't, I don't use Starlink. Um, I actually still think it's a super cool technology, and I'd love to Absolutely. try it. But uh, I'm hoping you can bring in things like uh, again, link quality and stuff like that. I don't mm. know if you can for a fact, but that would be neat if uh, if you. Could. I wonder if this could have any uh, like advantages for the rv version of starlink as well so starlink you can there's essentially two versions right you buy one you fix your house it doesn't move but then if you want to spend a little bit extra you can get one to put on like your caravan or your rv like a mobile home um, and that way you always have uh, internet with you i wonder if there's some opportunity for you know using that with this rv version in case you need to yeah so i I just looked at the sensor i just opened it up on Hmm. uh, in the docs there so you can do uh Again, ping, uplink, downlink, that's all standard. Um, azimuth, elevation, um, last boot time, which is, I guess, handy. Um, whether it's obstructed, uh-huh, interesting. Uh, whether it's roaming, so, you know, outside of your home address. So it's kind of what you were talking about there, Phil, yeah. uh, from a portability perspective. Um, whether the dish is heating, which is actually handy because, again, that might now indicate from a weather perspective that, you know, you're going to be utilizing a little more power for that. Um, whether it's idle, is it near vertical? Um, are the motors stuck? Is the, you know, thermal throttle like overheating or like mm. is the device overheating essentially? Um, or if you're just in its random location, you can reboot it and uh, you can see if it's stowed away. That's honestly pretty cool. That's, yeah. uh, if I had Starlink, I would definitely, definitely bring that in. 100%. There you go. Go on, pronounce um, of this course, one. That means that means I have to try and pronounce. <laughs> I don't know how many people I'm going to offend. I apologize in advance. Um, Stukweiser. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that one. Um, it advises people whether or not to burn pallets or wood, um, or to use the barbecue. Um, so it looks like it's a Dutch integration from Netherlands. Uh, it's meant to prevent health problems for people. I'm not sure that I actually understand what this is. But cool. That's interesting. Okay. So I'm assuming like depending on the weather, um, you know, maybe how much pollution is in the air that day um, or what the conditions are for the weather. Um, it yeah. might not be advisable for, you know, to, for you to burn, you know, that sort of fuel um, yeah. to create more pollution in the air for people with like asthma or, um, you know, hypersensitivities to that. Um, yeah, that's... I mean, this is something that I didn't even know was a thing. Uh, still don't even know if I know what it, like, yeah, I, of course it's yeah. in Europe. Of course it's in Europe that this is a thing. If, um, if, if you're, if you're, you know, in the Netherlands and you have any clue what this is, comment in the YouTube yeah, video below. So, someone's clue created um, it for a reason. I, I would love to know what the use cases are here. Like, yeah. are you not, so if Homeless isn't now going to tell you when or you can and cannot barbecue? I mean, to get I, a I bit. mean, I think it's, I think it might be the other way because it's saying whether or not to burn pallets or what. I, I don't, I don't quite know what that means, but. Um, like maybe it's telling you what fuel to use for your barbecue. Like, right, right, right. Potentially. I mean, hmm. yeah, let us know in the comments. I mean, if this was America, wouldn't it be like no one's telling me when I can, I'm going to burn my barbecue whatever way I want, right? Like, oh, okay, okay, here we go. It's for, it's to see if the smoke is lingering and, uh, and if there's, you know, like you said, Phil, like kind of asthma or people that are affected by wood smoke. 
Right. Um, so yeah. So I, I guess even if you're cooking whatever, like, you know, are you burning wood or do you use like propane or something like that? Right. Yeah. With, okay. With the gotcha. previous propane integration. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, it, it, honestly, I kind of like that. I kind of yeah. like that. Um, I wish, I wish, I guess it's equal to an air quality, but giving you advice on how to, um, I guess, cook. What what so, what fuel to use for your for your cooking stuff like that so or just general I guess heating just helping um, you be a good neighbor yeah it's nice I like that all right Zeva Solar Zeva Solar uh, <laughs> is power G, power and energy information uh, from your Zeva Solar inverter locally so no cloud required um, yeah you can get your energy right in time isn't love it. All right, let's talk about some breaking changes. Um, there are a few. Um, not too, too many, but there's a few, um, matter. So, um, for the devices that you don't have that are running matter right now, um, <laughs> I said that jokingly, but, uh, maybe, maybe you do. So matter requires a vendor ID. Um, essentially what that means is it's saying, Hey, you know, this is Apple, this is whatever. Um, Nabucasa, because they're a, they're a Alliance member, a, Alliance. Yeah. Member. Um, they actually have their own vendor ID. Um, so it turns out that, that that vendor ID wasn't being broadcasted along with the um, with the uh, gateway there. So if you're using the Matter server add-on, um, you'll need version 3.0 where it does broadcast that. Um, so they had to change the vendor ID there. So um, your devices will need to be recommissioned. Nice thing is chances are this doesn't affect you because Matter devices are just coming out on the market. Uh, maybe you've already jumped on the bandwagon, which is cool. Uh, one, I'd love to know how your Matter experiences. Just, again, I personally don't have any devices that support Matter. Um, I do want to get some. I, I don't have any, but I'd love to see how your experience is there. But also on the other side of it, um, now again, you have to recommission uh, those devices. So hopefully it's not a, too many. I'm guessing it's a couple, unless you just jumped in with both feet there being like, I'm everything matter and i pulled this um, joke the other day on the on the recording on the creators call like you know there's only one or like test device that you can get but then someone i can't remember where i saw a comment on our last episode um someone said you know there actually is uh a, at least a couple of matter devices in the world right now yeah that people can use, people are pushing so. updates stuff yeah. like that so you might actually have matter devices uh that you previously owned right yep um i don't at least not that I've noticed and none of my, none of my vendors have decided to just enable a handy feature. Um, but yeah, so hopefully that does come down the pipe, uh, for, for a lot of people there. All right. Python 3.9, um, which has previously been deprecated has now been removed. So if you're using home assistant and you're self-installing it, um, you must be running at least Python 3.10. If you're using home assistant OS, Home Assistant Container or Home Assistant Supervised, then you don't have to do anything. That's already been taken care of it for you. It's just if you're doing it the old-fashioned way, um, pip install Home Assistant or something like that. Yeah, virtual um, environment, whatever. Yeah, yeah. 3.10. Um, recorder. So, again, uh, as we talked about earlier, the recorder's default commit interval has been increased from one second to five seconds. So now uh, your disk I.O. and storage longevity kind of goes up. Oh, sorry, your disk I.O. goes down which then makes your storage storage longevity go up. Yeah. Wow, I'm struggling. Uh, <laughs> so so because history and logbook both kind of have live streaming now, uh, so you don't need to read the database after the initial sync every time, which is nice. Um, 
so you don't really need to have a lower commit level. Um, so it can be uh, adjusted to a lower value uh, in case it hasn't been updated, um, but you're, you're all good. All right, ZHA. So the analog input sensor entities for certain Xiaomi plugs have been removed from ZHA. So um, there's new, uh, apparently properly working active power and summation derived sensors um, to replace the old entities. So the newer, sensor ent- the newer sensor entities can also be used in Home Business Energy's dashboard. So yeah, if you've got some random Xiaomi plugs on your network that weren't previously, they had like analog input um, as a random sensor, that's now available. Um, and they've yeah, corrected that in ZHA moving forward. Yeah. Almond, uh, speaking of... Remember Almond? Yeah. Kind of voice assistance and stuff like that. Uh, it's been shut down. Uh, the integration's gone. Um, if you, I don't, I think they said that pretty much almost nobody uses it from from the stats that they pulled. But uh, I think if you're not can familiar use with it, it, like Armin's gone completely. I'd like, yeah. Even their Twitter and socials are gone as well, I believe. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, like because that was a what was it like a Stanford project or it was yeah. from one of the yeah. one of the big schools in the US. Yeah. Um, really, really cool concept right local mm. um what is it local voice assistant yep. um had a lot of intelligence built into it it was kind of what we were talking about earlier right and in, in the sense that it can bring in that intelligence where you build your own mics and stuff like that well, is like was going to partner with them and like at some point had a partnership i believe um they did, like really yeah. all on board and ready to go with armand and yeah unfortunately the yeah. project just yeah, go on. Yeah, it just, uh, I guess, kind of went, uh, it wasn't enough adoption, whatever it is. Mm. So it just, it just kind of disappeared in the ether, so to speak. So, um, yeah. Another integration that's gone, which uh, is the Open ALPR local integration. Yeah. Um, so it's been previously deprecated. It's now been removed. Um, it doesn't work correctly. And according to the stats of the public analysis, no one is using this sensor. Um, this one I'm actually sad to see go. I, I obviously don't use it because, um, no, according to stats, no one's using it. So, um, but I, I I do like the idea of you know people out there automating you know like gates and stuff. You know, using yeah. ALPR automatic uh, license plate recognition technology, right? Um, so, you know, like uh, my dream, you know, one day was always to have, you know, like a camera outside a, my front gate, as soon as it would recognize the registration plate on my car, um, home could then open the gate, you know, you don't have to find a key fob, push a button in a car. Um, I am surprised that, um, the ALPR local integration hasn't been used. Like I thought this would have been a popular one, particularly so, like from a, a presence, right? Like it, car is home, car is not home. Yeah. So I think Opal Open Alper got acquired. Interesting. Um, and I believe, and, and I might be wrong here, um, but uh, I, I don't know that they have a free LPR mm-hmm. uh, or license plate recognition uh, option anymore. And I was, as, sense, as, yeah. as you were kind of reading it out, I was, because uh, I remember that happening and, and, and I kind of looked through their website. Nowhere do I see a, like there's like, hey, 14 day trial and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But nowhere do I see a, hey, spin this up, run it at home kind of thing. Um, they have an on-prem evaluation, uh, which is, uh, oh, I guess that's still not an on-premise thing. I think that's literally just try it. On premise, all right. 
Um, but whatever, whatever that is, I, I think that there is a, uh, I, I think that's a big driver to why open Alper is, is going away, yep. uh, for, as an integration as, because, you know, it's, it's different if you're doing it commercially. Um, I've got customers that are doing, um, license plate recognition, uh, commercially to do things like looking at, again, field theft and stuff like that. So there, there's mm. actually really, really good use cases for, License oh, plate recognition with yeah. smart cameras and things like that, um, and and which again in my in my in my corporate professional life I I I, I do actually deal with a lot of this kind of stuff uh, daily. But uh, yeah, like like the starting price is like thirty five a month, right? And wow. and I don't know that they have a free option for you know like how how badly do I want to know that my that my wife is home, right? Rather than just using a device tracker to say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, well, my wife. Is, has now come home or, or, you know, I don't have kids, but like, you know, kids are home safe, stuff like that. Right. Like yep. there, there's absolutely value in license plate recognition. Um, even, even in, you know, your smart home rather than a, the mm. professional, uh, setting. I think, I just think these guys pulling their free, uh, free version kind of, um, wasn't, wasn't ideal for, yeah, for so a lot of open systems. So I, there must be like another open source project out there. I'm sure there is. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, in theory you can build your own, right? It's, mm. it's just, it's, you know, it's optical character recognition alongside a data set of like, Hey, this is an Ontario plate. This is a California license plate in New York and yeah. you know, Alberta, whatever that is. Right. So, um, and then, yeah, so there's a lot of different, uh, there, there, there are projects out there and this is actually something I've looked into where you can do this for free. I just think that it's not necessarily in brought into home assistant in that same way where it's a, uh, piece and, and home assistant might actually have other LPR, uh, integrations there too, just not open Alper. Oh, here we go. There's OCR with, uh, what, what's that? Like Tesseract? Well, that seems yeah. Local. Yeah. So, Okay. Looks like there's a few options. Um, yeah, I yeah, as soon as I saw that in the, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I remember when it sort of got into Home Assistant, I was like really excited. Like, there was some cool like automation ideas um, from that. So that one, yeah, I'm disappointed to see go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm I, I wish they still had like a free like, hey, host it yourself. Mm. I understand that that you know, cloud resources consume dollars for them. Right. Um, and, and I'm all for that, but Hey, here's a binary that you can throw onto your raspberry Pi and have a, you know, sure. You're not recognizing license plate at, you know, hundreds a second. You're, yeah. you got once every like hour, maybe exactly. right? like if that, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so slightly unfortunate. I hear you. But that is 2023.2. Uh, the not so small February release that they were hoping for, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm excited uh, for this release. I think it's a great one. Particularly excited now for March um, to see what's mm-hmm. going to be the next iteration of this conversation yeah. engine. Um, yeah. Do get on the uh, Home Assistant Community Forums and if you can help out with other languages, um, yeah, please. You don't need coding or anything like that. Just tell. No, just- Home this is what you, I say. What you interact with um, your home. Otherwise, yeah, uh, reach out to us. Comments in the YouTube as usual. Um, we're always listening. Um, feedback at Haspodcast.io. Rahan, always a pleasure. I'll speak to you soon. Likewise. Cheers. Cheers. 
if you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest, reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io. That's H-A-S-S podcast.io. The Home Assistant Podcast is hosted by Phil Hawthorne and myself, Rohan Karamandi. For links to topics we discussed today, check out our show notes on haspodcast.io.